You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right, welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. This one is unique. We are live streaming this with Eric McNeil. Eric, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me, man. Eric, you're an interesting dude, man. I actually knew you before I ever really knew you because I listened to one of your podcasts with Bradley and it was like a very captivating story, which we'll get into in a minute, but I appreciate you um, being on here. Eric, you are an investment and business growth strategist, um, and we're going to kind of get into that, but I'm really interested... Um, to see how, how you began. I, I, you know, I've heard your story, but there's a lot of people that haven't, and I want to get it out there because it's a very interesting um, and, and a very captivating story. So, um, you know, kind of get in as far back as you want to go of how you kind of got in this uh, life of entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally, man. Um, so yeah, I can share a little bit of the background on what got me into the entrepreneurship world. Um, and then how you mentioned some of the story that happened like on Bradley's podcast between my wife and I right, and our children. Um, but yeah, I, as early as I can remember, I've always had the drive to be an entrepreneur. Um, it's funny. My mom reminds me of stories that like when we were coming off the freeway exit and there's a big long line, she's complaining about how long the line is. And I'm like, man, this would be a great spot for a lemonade stand. Like right. people are just parked. Like it's easy <laughs> to sell them. Right. Right. And, uh, another time when, you know, I was a little kid and, uh, a buddy of mine, we really wanted these really cool toys from McDonald's. And so we had to go get, we already got our Happy Meal. We wanted to get another one, but we didn't have the money. Mom didn't want to buy us another meal just for the toy. And so we found out that if you got on the McDonald's slides with a tray, you can go way faster. And so we're like, okay, we start going down it. it and kids want to go we're like for a quarter, you can go down the slide on our trays. <laughs> and so that got shut down pretty quick, but we were able to make a couple of bucks, got our, uh, our little toy. And so like, that was like the first feeling of like coming up with an idea, solving a problem or making something better, charging for it. And then getting like a cool little reward at the end. Right. Like right. Our goal. Like it's just funny. Like when everyone just hopped on here, we were just talking about like billion dollar dreams. Right. But it all started with like a $2 toy. You know for what I mean? Sure. Like you start small and you create those goals. Right. Right. Um, when you solve the need too, I mean, little, exactly. little kids wanted to go fast. Hey, here's the, here's Here how to it go is. fast. Here's exactly how you do it. Right. And right. so, and I think, um, that's how you get paid, right? You get paid. I think Elon Musk talks about it in direct proportion to the problems you solve. Right. For sure. Um, and so I've always had that background. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've worked in, in wealth management for like the last 10 years, worked through the banking channels. Um, and it wasn't until two or three years ago where I finally went independent. Um, and so where everything got started for my wife and I was, um, so we've been married for nine years now. Congrats. Thank you. It's awesome. Going strong. And, um, we, we tried have, we tried getting pregnant probably six to eight months after we want to enjoy a little bit of time. We're like, okay, let's, you know, try this thing, grow the family. Right. And we realized that, you know, stuff wasn't, it wasn't happening right away. And we're like, Oh, like people actually struggle with this. This is yeah. like a new concept to For us. Sure. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, you, growing up, you're always like, Oh, he, you know, did this and got yeah, her pregnant. He did that and exactly. got her pregnant. You don't realize like how hard it actually is and like how perfect it's gotta be to get. That, every you know, every single child's a miracle. And then right. for the children to be born healthy and the mom to be healthy, like right. all that is just a miracle that we take for granted every single day. For sure. It's I crazy. hundred percent agree. Right. And so, um, and then 
we started realizing this. And so we decided to go through like the fertility specialist. And so we went and we did, you know, an IUI and it worked the first time. So right when it worked, we found out that we were pregnant. Um, and then shortly after that, found out we we're going to have twins. So we were super excited. Um, and then we found out we we're going to have two girls. And so That's that was awesome. going to be super fun, right? To be a, a girl dad. And we were about six months pregnant. Um, yeah, six months pregnant. And we decided to go to Mexico for like a little baby moon, just like a last right. little hoorah. Uh, we're in Rocky Point and Cause was, you, you lived in Arizona at the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So it was only like a four hour, four or five hour drive. Right. Tops. Yeah, and I mean, you're thinking it's nothing. I know. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. Cause we're at, we're at like 23 weeks pregnant. So we're like, right. okay, we're going into the last, like the last trimester. So like we should be fine. Let's go on a quick little weekend getaway. And then, you know, bed rest really until right. the last little bit for sure. Especially um, with twins. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, um, like I said, so they like on our second to last day, we're getting ready to come home. Everyone's getting packed up and whatnot. And then my wife wakes me up at like four or five in the morning and she's like pacing back and forth. And I'm like, what's going on? And at first she's having like really strong pain. So she's like, did we eat something bad? Like right. what's going on? I feel sick, but this isn't normal. This isn't just like a stomach ache. This is like really bad. And she was having contractions Wow. in Mexico at 23 weeks. And then she wakes me up and she's like, my water broke. And dude, I just remembered like, Oh my, like that feeling, like I'll never forget that. I can't like, even it's imagine. just like just waking up and just the utter, like, Oh my gosh. Like did this seriously, like, is this happening? And so like I run over and again, it's like four or five in the morning. So I run over and wake up my cousins. Cause we had like, there's probably like 15 people sleeping in this. Like we just bought like a nice little Airbnb or whatever. Right. Um, wake them up and I'm like, Hey, can you go talk to my wife? Cause like, she's already had like two or three kids. I was like, can we just like go verify like what this is. And she comes out. She's like, yeah, her water broke when you get her to the hospital. And I'm like, we're in Rocky point. Like, how are we going to pull this off? And so we're looking stuff up and there's like an urgent care a couple miles down the road. And I'm like, well, that's like, we just need somebody at this point. There's no hospital nearby. So we go to this right. urgent care and we get a doctor to start kind of ass assessing Kelly. And next to us, this kid's like crying because he got like beach water in his eye. And he's at the urgent care to get sand right. out of his eye. And we're like about to give birth to two babies. Right. And it's just like, you. I just feel so bad. Like, I'll just have like the most fond like memory of of the workers being there of just like being able to do something. Right. Like right. imagine that, like, man, I'd rather be in this stall with this kid, like fleshing out his eye versus like this family. Right. Like right. it's just such a, a night and day thing. Um, let me just make sure everyone's muted. Shoot. Sorry. If it, when everyone hops on, can we just make sure we're muted, please? Thanks. Um, and so, being able to just take action and like they had to go get, they had like baby monitor or not, sorry, um, like an ultrasound machine, but mm -hmm. it was probably from like the eighties. Wow. Like super, super old. They had like dusted off and like, it was just the whole experience was, was really tough. Um, just like gathering those emotions and like feeling kind of helpless. And then once we found out that like they could ballpark how long she would have before we delivered, that's when we're like, okay, we called, we called like the, like the city, like the city, like, right. Let's see the city of Ajo and then Gila bend and then Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And so we had to get, um, picked up in two different ambulances to get to the border. Once we got to the border, a uh, helicopter comes down, takes Kelly. I can't go with her. Wow. 
And then, so I have to drive from Gila Bend to Phoenix. That's a help. That's a long drive, bro. It was like two, I think it was like two hours roughly. Um, and it was just like, yeah, we want to speed to hurry up and get there. But like, if we get pulled over, it's like going to slow us down even more. So right. it's like, you're just trying to hurry, but there's like nothing you can do. And I was just right. like, that's a helpless drive. I mean, that dude, that's and like, tough. and I couldn't like check in my wife, like no phones or anything. Right. right? She's just like, cause they had to like strap her in. Right. Right. And so I'm just like, dude, like, is my wife okay? Is she about to like give birth, like in a helicopter? Right. Like what's going on? And so we finally get to the um, hospital close to the same time. Um, and like, she started like calm down. We realized that we had a little bit of time once we were there and she'll probably have to correct me later. But I think is like the whole thing was just a blur. And I believe like within 12 hours of us being there uh, is when we delivered our first baby. And when the doctors were asking me, it's like, Hey, how far along is your wife? I was like 23, 24 weeks. Like I need an exact date because from 23 to 24, like the chances of survival at a 23 week is like 20%. And then 24 weeks is like 60 to 80%. Wow. One One week week. is like so much development, like just organs and stuff. Right. And I was like, I don't know. We found out it was 23 and they're like, okay, we had to like urgently move. And so the first daughter, our, our first daughter was born. Um, and then Kelly starts to get wheeled back into our room because our second baby was still like in his sack. And we go back to the room and literally we're there like a couple of minutes. And then, and I just remember it's so crazy because like Kelly was a little bit out of it. And she was like, she starts crying. She's like, I don't want our daughters to have different birthdays. Because one, it was like kind of like our one daughter's going to be here. We can give her the medical attention, and then we wait like another three months, and then our other daughter's born. Right. And she's like, "I don't want them to be born separate." And I was like, "Well, like it's like if we can help it, we yeah, should least, wait, yeah. right?" Yeah. And like instantly, her water broke for the second baby, and we're like, "Holy cow!" Okay. And so now, and then we go and deliver our second baby, and then so then we're in the hospital for a week. And, you know, long story short, you know, after four days, our first daughter passes away. Um, and then three days Jeez. later, our second daughter passes away. Wow. And the, and to obviously, you know, spare one of the details, right. But everything that I was able to gather from that was unity. Right. Um, being able to get through something like that. Um, I just remember looking at my wife and I was just like, I hope this is, the hardest thing we go through, but for us to be in our young twenties, like I just feel that we're going to be, we're going to have a lot of challenges thrown our way. Right. And this is going to be one of those things that like we can reflect on, like how did we get through probably the hardest trial that anybody could ever go through? And how can we apply that to future trials? Right. It doesn't matter if it's a small scale like business or if it's like in life, it doesn't matter. Like this could be applicable to everything. And it all came down to like our unity. Like if we have each other's backs, we're solid. And the thing, the biggest lesson I got from my daughters was everybody, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Right. And so I think that's where that fire of urgency came for me was, okay, that's what, and it was right after that is when I went independent finally. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to stop making excuses. Like I'm here to live and I'm not here to just be alive. Right. Um, but yeah, man, that was like, dude, that's an incredible story. And I'm so hard, so sorry to hear that from, you know, that, that's, that I cannot imagine losing a kid, man. It makes me about want to get emotional, but, uh, like I, like I'm obviously I'm divorced. Um, most people know that. And like, I only get my daughter every other weekend and, you know, one, one day a week and it sucks just being, you know, having that situation. And I could not imagine, you know, living with that or so that I, 
man, sorry, sorry to hear that. <laughs> but you. um, you know, that's that's it. It really is an incredible story of you know, like a, a triumphal. Like there's a lot of lessons learned, which I think it's really hard to say that. I guess because a a lot of trauma happened to learn those lessons. Yeah. But if you can, you know, if you can kind of, you know, move through it and use it and still sell it. Like it's hard to even celebrate it, but you had, you know, three days and four or three days and seven days, I guess with, right. with them, um, you know, those are, those are precious days. And, you know, I, oh, totally. I, I can, uh, geez, like <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. So, you know, one thing I was going to ask is, you know, how, what, so a lot of people go through a lot of things. What do you think that, how were you able to overcome that? Like, was it, were you already in, in, in self-development and mindset? Like what was telling you what you just said, you know, a minute ago, how we can use this as, you know, a reason to get through it. And we can, you kind of use it for fuel, if, if you will, how were you able to even come up with that? Because most people would just sit there and pity. And I mean, it, and they have all right, the right so to do yeah, that, right? Yeah, because sure. that is a, a, a traumatic thing to go through. Yeah. But you can almost take two people that go through the exact same thing and one uses it for a reason why they have to be successful and one reason one uses it for a reason why they can't be successful. Right. Same situation. Like, right. you know, it, it's crazy to think about, but there's, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that was in, has been in the same situation you just described. Mm -hmm. And I'd be interested to see, like, how they are. You know, yeah. one might live in, you know, my life sucks and this happened. This is why I can't do it. And I can't do this and can't do that. And one might live in, look, I'm going to, like let their legacy, even though it was three days and seven days live on. And I'm going to do this because I, I choose to. So, yeah. and I'm, I'm interested to see or hear, you know, from your point of view, how you were able to, to get kind of like the right in a level mindset, right? Like, yeah. it, and that's a difficult situation to be in. Yeah. That's a, that's a fantastic question. I, from, from childhood, I've always been pretty optimistic. Um, and in use and it's funny there's this like one lesson that i even try to help and like teach my sister uh like when she was in high school i remember she was like complaining to my mom about something and i just heard them going back and forth not like them two fighting but like something going on like at school right and like i just grabbed a gallon of milk and i just started pouring it on the ground and they like both stopped talking like looked at me and i was like what do we do and they're like, what are you talking about? Why'd you do that? I'm like, all we can do is clean it up. Like, right. Just get to work. Right? right. Like stop, stop crying over spilled milk. Right. And it was just so funny because it's like such a powerful object lesson that like I continue to do that. Right. And like, right. I can't, and I want to speak, um, like respectfully of the whole situation. Of course, it's not just spilled milk. Like, you know, right. you lost children. Right. Um, but what can you do? Right. Like, I've always, I think like I've had a lot of life experiences that have helped me like learn. You can only control what you can control. Amen to that. That's it. Right. Right. Like if, and I tell my wife all the time, not regarding this, but other things, like if it bothers you, change a situation or change the way you feel about it. Like, right. No Cause there's really nothing you can do. There's about nothing it. you can do. Right? <laughs> right. And if, and if there's, and that's what like somebody told me that like a long, long time ago, like if something's bothering you, ask yourself one question and that's it. Can you do anything about it? Right. If you can do it, if you can't, then forget about it. I love that. Like plain and simple. Right. That's it. Right. And right. so I think when it all came down and that's what this is, like you guys see the tattoo. Right? That's why you just so, got that, right? Yeah. So yeah. we just got our tattoo. The girls just would, would be five, uh, a week, two weeks ago. Okay. And so this is the, actually the flower that we put on their headstone. Okay. Um, and so that way it's just like a way that we can like physically keep them with us forever. Right. Um, 
and it's just little reminders, man. Like I'm not going to say that I'm perfect by any means, right? Not even close, but like just being able to work hard and like control what I can control and just that's, that's helped me a lot. Right. And so that's where I think is like at the end of the day, excuse me, we have like an eternal perspective on the things. And so if, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't matter if I feel like I have a chance to like meet my daughters and see them again, right. do I want to be able to look back and be like, this is the life I led or this is the life I right. led? Like, I mean, like, what story do I want to tell? Like, look, look what I did. Not, exactly. You know, because I, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're cheering you on saying, right. Hey, like, look at the life, you know, we could have had, but I mean, they're living you know, great life. But you know, it, it's, yeah, that's a really good perspective to look at. And I love the, I love what you said because control what you can control. And you know, I'm always like, don't worry about what you can't like, yep. you know, people always come up to me. They're like, Oh, like, how do you feel that you can't see your daughter every day? And I'm like, well, if I thought about it every day, I'd be sitting here depressed and in a <laughs> yeah, dark room. And you know, I, there's, there's nothing I can do about it. Yep. Now my ex-wife and I have a fantastic relationship and we hang out a lot. We, a lot, actually, we're always at lagoon and we're always doing something together, but I don't look at things like I, if I can't control it and if it's just, it is what it is and you just gotta be, be positive about it. And, and look now, some people could argue that I don't care. People tell me that, well, you don't care. Well, I do care, but I, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, I wake up every day. Just be like, oh, it's another day that I don't have my daughter. Yeah. My life sucks. No, people are depending on me and I have to, to show up and be productive for them. And I care about my daughter a ton. I'm always, if I get 20 minutes, I'll text my ex-wife or her husband or their baby say, hey, can I FaceTime her real quick and say what's up? Yeah, I work it in there, but at the end of the day, I can't control it, right? It's right. out of my control. And you know, legally, my ex-wife doesn't have to do anything for me. So <laughs> right. um, you know, I, I really like that because there's so many people out there that just dwell on things that they, they really don't have an opinion, like they can't control anything. And um, I really like what you said is if you can't control it, then if you, you look at it and see if you can change it, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's a different perspective that I haven't really thought about it before. Cause look, change it. Yep. No, I can't change it. Then stop worrying about it. Exactly. Or be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, then just know. move on. Yeah. Like, Oh, like, you know, I get people a lot of complaining about cars and stuff, but well then change it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. well, I can't, okay. Then stop complaining then about stop it because it is what it, it is. So, you know, how, how has that helped you in, in business when you can control what you can control and you can't, you can't, and, and, and moving fast because right in business, oh, yeah. now, now that you're moving, you know, you're doing your own thing, you went independent, you have to move like in quickly in business and you can, I'm sure a lot of crazy things happen. Unfortunate things happen. You lost money, made money. And you know, you can always look at that, almost look at that. Like when you've, when you've lost money, well, you can sit there and dwell on it or you can sit there and, and, and choose to think about making more money. Right. And people, I always tell people, look, I wake up every single day of how to make a hundred bucks, not save a hundred bucks. Yes. Because I'm in the mindset of making things happen. I'm not sitting here thinking, how can I control everything and, and just keep this night tight, you know, tight little box around everything. Mm-hmm. So how has that been able to help you through your entrepreneurial journey of, of having that mindset of just pushing through things? Massively. Um, so when I do coaching, right. So I do a lot of like mentorships for business owners and the first like fundamental thing is like, so who are you? What are you doing? Why do you do it? And the most important was a third question. I just want to find out kind of who you are and how you introduce yourself, but why do you do what you do? Because if your why is not bigger than your problems, you will fail a hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And so when something big comes and you're like, oh man, I was in it for the money. Like, cause there's a bro, I'll tell you what, there's been some nights where I'm like, this ain't worth the money. Right. Right. <laughs> this ain't, it doesn't matter how Which much shows the money. Yeah. Like, money's not this everything ain't worth it. Right. Bro. Like mental health. Let me just say mental health 
you cannot put a price tag on. So if you're doing something for the money and it's like wearing you out and it's affecting your life, your relationships, like stop. Right. Like you need to just go find something that can like pay the bills and just be happy. Right. Like I would trade, like I would be paying the bills and happy than like going through everything. If like, obviously I have a bigger reason, but like if my only motivation was money, like dude, I would have burned out so long ago. Right. Um, so that's the biggest one is why are you doing what you're doing? And your why has to be bigger than your problem. For sure. And simple. For sure. No, I, it's, uh, it's, it's so crazy when people get hung up on so, so little things. Cause I'm like, that's not the, the, op- like we always say, you know, you're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Right. Like you're like, the goal is so much bigger. Like in our company, like a hundred million dollars is a lot bigger than a dollar. Like, right. why are we sitting here, you know, complaining about oh, five bucks this person did when it was, we're, our goal is Okay, who cares about the five bucks or right. hey this person you know bought the office you know i get complaints oh we bought starbucks for the day oh cool it's 30 bucks just tell them trying not to do it again it's 30 bucks we're moving on just yeah. move on like just creating get in the mood of cre- creating um so i you know i totally relate to that that your dream has to be be a bigger than obstacles mm-hmm. um how are you able to to keep that dream out there in front of you all the time even when you get discouraged and down you know, how are you able to, to keep pushing through and to keep yourself, you know, people call it motivated. Some people, Oh, I don't believe in motivation, whatever you, mm-hmm. whatever your perspective is. And I'm interested to hear about that. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So my assistant and I were talking about this on the drive over here and it's like, people do ask me all the time, like, bro, how are you so like motivated? That's crazy. Like I get, you have like your story with your kids. Does that motivate you? I'm like a tiny bit but I'm not motivated anymore. Like I wake up disciplined. Like I know that there's something that has to be done. And so I do it. So like I've studied like a lot of like Kobe Bryant's mind, like that Mamba mentality. Right. Like I just study people's minds who are where I want to go. And I pay people to get into rooms to get me to where I want to go faster. Right. And so once you're surrounded by those people, like you and I, like we know each other, like, decently mm-hmm. not even super well right but i know for a fact that like if one of us started slacking we'd be able to like call each other on it like right. dude if you want to be in like my circle like we don't have time for like the self-pity and like i got stuff to do right <laughs> like, you know right. What I mean? we're moving on and so like right. we just carry each other so i think a really big piece of that is like your crowd so i've also again like whenever i mentor people i'm like you can have your friends and that's really good to have like a couple of good friends right right that like for me, any friend can call me 2 a.m. I'll like, I'll wake up, I'll go help them. It doesn't matter. But that doesn't mean they get all of my time. Right. Like my circle is where I spend all my time and energy because energy is a currency. And if I'm investing my time and energy into the circle, I'm going to get it back. Right. Whereas, you know, I have good friends who are in different places of life and that's fine. Like everyone has their own like road. Right. Um, and I'm here to love and support you. Like you're still my boy or you're like a good friend or female doesn't matter you're all my friends, but my circle are like the people that I spend my time with because I've got places to go. Right. Does your circle ever change? Ooh, that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Um, I have a pretty solid core and I think there's probably like four people that like will probably never change. Right. And then from time to time, it'll like slowly evolve. But for the most part, it stays pretty much the same, yeah. dude. Like, no, I, I think that's important because I'm a believer of people, people who invest in me, I put, I invest in them. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'll, I'm very similar to you. Like we, it's like, I'm talking to myself. We're talking the same. <laughs> 
but like I'll always be there for an acquaintance that I've, you know, I haven't seen in a couple of years, but man, they like, they need me. They got a flat tire. Okay. I'll come help you because that's just, that's just me. Right. But for me to go extra, extra or like do things or whatever, I'm like, I, like I'm going to invest in you. If you invest in me, there are some people, family members of mine that don't invest in me and they expect me to always invest in them, mm-hmm. always to be there for them and do things for them and give them things, give them money, all these things. And I'm like, why, why? Because you know, relationships are not a 50, 50, it's a hundred and a hundred. Like, I need a hundred percent for yep. you and you're going to get a hundred percent for me. And that's been tough. How have you, how have you had to like weed people out or ever had a hard conversation with someone of like, Hey, like, you know, kind of like the, uh, what is it? The meet the parents. Here's the circle. Yeah. And you're out here. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> this is yes. when you just exited the circle. Dude, it's, it's hard, but it's when you do it with love and if you're like, you don't have to be demeaning to that person like, right. ever. Right. It's just like, Hey, look, we got to sit down, man. Like here's what's going on. Like I'm here. I love you. But like, here's what, like, here's what we're both giving, right? Here's the energy that we're both giving. And it's not fair or respectful to myself to keep doing this. Right. Like I'm here when you need me always, but for like my day to day, like I have to provide for my family. I have to provide for this. Like I'm trying to enact change in the world. So this right. is where my time and energy is going. If you can get on board, fantastic. If right. you cannot, like this is where we draw the line. Right. So you actually sit down and have those hard conversations. Yeah, with people. I have, I've had, dude, there was two that I had. Um, when was it? Was it, it was right. Oh yeah. It was right before. So it was right after high school. I was like 18 years old and I ended up moving to Utah for like three months. Cause I ended up serving a mission for my church. Right. And so I was gone for a couple of months where I just had to like get away from some people. And I heard a conversation or sorry, I heard like this, um, I think it was like a podcast or something. And they're talking about anybody that he, who you've like regressed with, if they were involved, cut them out. And wow. I was like, dude, that's, I was like, Powerful. this is like my, my best friend, like in high school. Right two of them, two like really close people. And I had to tell them like, Hey, I love you, but like, I've got to move on. And it was like, dude, it was probably one of the hardest at the time, hardest conversations I've ever had to have. And I look back to where they're both at right now to where I'm at, not to say that I'm ahead or anything like that, but like, I would not be happy right. if I was in their situation. Right. They might be happy in their situation, but knowing where I like my, my potential is at. And if I stayed there, like I would be pretty miserable. Dude, That uh, that's like, that's awesome because you you could almost look back in time and say that was, that was kind of a defining moment mm-hmm. because and we I, I talk a lot a, a lot about defining moments on this podcast because I feel like in, in a lot of situations there's you can almost nail it down to like one conversation of why you're where you're at almost like yeah like hey I it like know, starts it, the trajectory it's, yeah it's it's just start it's just a stepping stone right mm-hmm. like you someone laid that stepping stone and you stepped on it and you took that first step. And that kind of puts you on a path to where you're on now. And I, I can think of it. I mean, I, I grew up in entrepreneurship, but I can think of many times where I was, okay, th- this is the decision that I'm going. And you can almost say, hey, and I don't know if you ever looked at it like this. Like, hey, that one podcast or audio, whatever you listen to, kind of changed the trajectory of my entire life because those two people could have taken me to someplace I shouldn't have been. Totally agree. And we, we all have those friends and we all have those acquaintances in high school. And that's why, now I'm I'm, kind of like not easy to drop people, but I'm just, I just am moving on and I'm moving so fast. It's kind of hard for people to, to catch up and whatever. And, and I have like two or three friends that are like in my circle that I could count on until I die. And, but yeah, we've, I mean, I've had to have those car conversations that are like, Hey man, like let's, let's do this. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, let's, we all want to go to Vegas with you. Why? Because yeah. you know, you're going to ride on my plane and we're going to go have a good time in Vegas. Yeah. I haven't seen you in forever. Why? Yeah. You know, like, 
just because I knew you then doesn't mean I really owe you anything now. And I, I don't really mean that to be rude, but like, what have you invested in me? Like, and I don't have to, you don't, like you said, you don't have to be a jerk about it and, and like try to say like, screw you and yeah. you know, screw off. I mean, like, man, like this just like my circle, man. Like, yep. you know, everybody's got to eat. I want everybody at the table at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's up to you what you do. Uh, Kevin O'Leary talked about that. Cause that was one thing that I struggled with. Cause I, I wanted to be the nice guy. Like we were friends before things took off and now right. that took off like, yeah, we might've separated, but like, I still, I still remember like the fondness. Right. And I was struggling with that, like the exact same thing. And Kevin O'Leary talked about it and he was like, everyone gets one chance to ask me like for money or, or hanging out or like an opportunity. And I tell them like, it's like, Hey, let's go do this. I'm like, okay, this is your one time. And like, don't ever ask me again, but like, yeah, let's go have a good time. Right. And they just sets the standard. Like right there is like, this isn't like something you pay me back. This isn't a loan. This isn't this. It's like, here's what you need. We're still friends. If you ask again, like we can't be friends. Right. And so it's like, just, it, I know it's tough, but like, you just have to be forthright. And like, you're not being a jerk. It's like, yeah, I'm here to help you. Is this what you really need? Cool. I'll help you out this once. But like, I got to where I'm at without the handouts. Right. And I know you can. And if I help you, then it's going to cripple you because like that's what like there's a reason like mama bird pushed the baby birds out of the nest right. like go fly you can't right. fly like the mama bird cannot carry you right to fly right you have to learn how to flap you might fall down you might get hurt you might scrape your knee but guess what do you, do you hate your situation right fix it or fix what you feel about it right learn how to fly and so i think if if we're constantly helping people out like I'm always here to help. Right. right. In a different term. But right. like, if you're always there to like catch them and be a crutch, like they'll yeah. never grow. It, it, it's an enabler. <laughs> yes. It stunts their growth, right. man. Like they yeah. can't hit their potential if you're a crutch. Right. Right. And I, you know, I, I'm a giver. I give way too much money away. I it's, it's bad. And my wife doesn't agree <laughs> with it. And I'm just like, Oh, you need something. Here you go. Um, I've, I've slowed it down a little bit, but we've created a foundation. Now we have the Haugen family foundation, which we give back to veterans, single parents and kids. And so we've done, we, we focus a lot of our efforts doing that with all of the dealerships and all the different companies feeding it and be able to do cool things. Um, but, but yeah, like I, I used to be like, Oh, you need that. Here you go. Oh, you need that. Here you go. And you know, I, uh, I, I talk about culture and team building. So what we started to do, um, in our, in our company, cause you always have those people that are like, Hey, I need help or Hey. And then you're always like, boom, you do it for them. Well, what are you teaching them? Yeah, Nothing. Exactly. You're, just, you're just training them to just go ask you for help because you know they're not going to have to do their job. And so we have a rating system, which we rate them um, in in uh, their job descriptions, KRAs, and then also their the culture. And we we our goal is to get them all to L5 is what we call it. Um, and then also culture L5. And if they're L1s, you know, super focus management. And then all the way, and you, it's a graduation. And then L5 is pretty much, hey, you know, once a month, how you doing? Or once a week, how's it going? It's whenever you want to shoot him a text or an email and ask yeah. him how things are going. And that has been so much better because naturally I'm like that. Yeah. I'm a, I, you know, you have a title. I trust you. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not the greatest. So sometimes it's kind of bitten, bitten me, but I like to, I don't like to be micromanaged. So yeah. I like to just, Hey, if you're going to be our, our, our person, let's, let's roll. And I trust you. And, yeah. you know, I always, at the beginning of this podcast, I said business is not a pyramid. It's a round table because I a hundred percent, agree to that because everybody's got a seat at the table and everybody has a, you know, a, a saying what we do because I trust you. And so, but there are some people on our team that 
if they're a manager and then someone asks them to do something, they just do it for them. And it just drives me nuts. Yeah. So we, we've been doing this cultural thing and training and a lot, and it's actually made us so much better because you're trying to duplicate your efforts, right? I mean, with eight locations, 200 employees, there's no way that I can be everywhere at once or anybody can be everywhere at once. So I think that's really important in, in business that you don't enable people in your team, right? Yep. And especially when you're starting, it's, it's a little bit more difficult when you're starting a business because you might wear many hats. You're the accountant, you're, you're the, you know, if you're on an ice cream shop, well, you're probably scooping the ice doing cream, everything. you're doing all the books, you're doing everything. <laughs> and you slowly have to release those duties when, as you get bigger, that's really hard for people to scale. I was going to say, that might be the hardest part that yeah. like no I'm, one tells you about. Yeah. And I'm sure you've gotten this in a lot of your, uh, your growth strategies. So let's get into that. Like yeah. you do an investment and business growth strategy. What are some things that you, so if I, if you're sitting down with me and I'm like, Hey, I have three employees and I'm, I'm struggling you know, what, what are some, some tips that you, that your go-to tips to help people do that? Yeah. So when we go through, like, especially if, if you already built something out, right? Like, yeah, we'll kind of re go over some of the fundamentals. Cause like, I, it's so funny. I, always, I don't know if you're a fan of the office, but mm -hmm. like where Kevin walks in and plop is like making the stack of cards. He's like, no, you want to go bigger this way. He's like, no, you <laughs> right. need like a foundation. Right. And right. it's the same thing in business. Like if you have like the right foundation, then you can start to scale. And then once you get into that, like, the hardest part is like relinquishing some of the power. Right. And like how you said, there's like a fine line of like telling them what to do and like, like basically doing it for them and just having them do it or like being able to delegate like, right. Hey, this is your responsibility. I need to trust you to do this. Right. And being a true coach yeah. instead of a bark. Hey, I need you. Like there's a difference between coaching help. Like there's a lot of, you know, the ways we can dice this, but like showing them and like walking alongside them and, and, doing it with them, I think is way better than just barking at them what to do. And, yeah. and you, and you have to know your, my personality is I tend to just tell you to do something. I expect you know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I've had to do a lot of uh, self looking at my, you know, in the mirror and yeah. saying, okay, my, my own brother called me out. You know, I almost fired him over it because <laughs> he, I told him to do something. He's like, dude, I really don't know how to do this. And he, Jason hasn't showed me what to do. And then, you know, a couple months goes by, I'm like, dude, you're terrible at this. Like I'm going to, you have, to, I literally told him my own brother, I said, you have 30 days to get this done or else I'm letting you go by, by December 31st. And he's like, are you kidding me? And he's like, no, he's like, I don't even know what to do. You've never told me. And I'm like, well, I, your title says what you're supposed to do. <laughs> he's like, dude. Um, so I'm like, okay, I had to check myself. got him linked up with the right people. And now he's probably one of the top people in the country at what he does. Dang. And so I, I looked at myself, I'm like, man, like, am I just telling people to do stuff and not really showing? So I always tell people, okay, I'm telling you this. Do you know how to do it? Yep. No, I don't know how to, okay, I'm going to link you up with people. I'm going to show you how to do it. And if, do you think you can do this? I always ask him. Yeah, I think I can do it. Okay. I'll check with you in a week. I, I never checked on my brother because that's just not my personality. So I had mm -hmm. to definitely learn myself. So I'm sure there's people out there that, you know, do that a lot. When you're working with people that have a, that are trying to scale and grow, I'm sure that you're running that all the time. Yeah, because, and it's so funny because you think like, if I, if I have to sit here and coach you, I could just do it myself. That is probably like the number one, like crippling mindset of an entrepreneur. Right. Like if you got to do 70 hours this week, so be it. Like you got to coach the team because right. you have to be able to like replicate yourself, even if it's at a 70% capacity. Right. So if you have three people working on one project and they're, all of them are like 60 to 70% of how you could do it, that's still better than what you could do it. Right. Because they just surpassed you. Right. I, you can look at football. Oh yeah. Coach. Right. Mm -hmm. He, he needs 53 people to win the game. Yep. I mean, whether all 53 people get in or not, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's up to him. But he needs three in football. You need it's 53, yeah, right? 53, 53 man roster. You need 53 people to win the game. Mm -hmm. If if 
if I looked at my business, like if I just, you know, like, like some people you run into all the time, if you look at your business, like, oh, if I could, if I need to tell you how to do it, I'll just do it myself. Do you think Sataki from BYU is out there throwing the football? No. You think right. Whittingham from U of U is out there throwing the football? No. They're, they have, they're a coach, right? They're the head, you know, you can, I, I know they're not the CEO, but you can look at them like they're the head of the team and they're just coaching people to accomplish the goal, right? Yep. And the goal is, you know, hopefully, probably not a national championship this year, yeah. but, but some sort of bowl game yeah, yeah, or yeah. Uh, you know, divisional uh, uh, championship. But you know, I, 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 cause I hear that people all the time. Well, if I need to tell people how to do it, why don't I just do it? I don't know. Do you think? Yeah, you'll you know, never scale. You'll yeah. never hit your goals. Is Urban Meyer out there or? Uh, I'm losing my train of thought with the dude from Alabama. What's his name? Oh, Saban. Yeah, Saban. I'm like, I can see his face. Is Saban out there in, the, in any championship? Has he ever thrown a football? Right. No. Just helps his team. He coaches, right? He's a true coach. And that's, I love sports. So I look at business like everything is sports. And even sometimes a little cutthroat. Like, hey, if we're not accomplishing the goal and we're winning, what do sports teams usually do? Boom, cut. Yep. Like they make a change. Yep. Nebraska fired their coach after two games. Yep. I mean, they made a quick change. Now, some say it was a little quick too quick but you got to make that call yep so i no i agree man um and it's so funny i at one of my last masterminds um one of my lsu he plays ball up there he asked a question at the end he was like is do you find it easier or harder for athletes to transition into business than anyone else it's like bro you guys have especially like a d1 and an sec at that like you have a leg up on just about everybody right because business comes down to discipline like at the end of the day like Cause if you, if you're not like a great business mind, there's hundreds of people around you that are partner right. with them. And if you're disciplined to get the job done, you'll figure it out. Right. And nobody knows discipline, like an sec player, oh, yeah. especially <laughs> LSU, right? Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, yeah, I, I, I treat the same thing like with sports, how you said, right. And like, if you need a, and how you said there's a 53 man roster, but game day is 11 on 11. Right. So like what, like 20% of your athletes are actually playing like at, at any given time, right? but you still have to coach the whole team, right? right? But when you coach the whole team, you have practice squad guys and your practice squad guys are making your game day players even better. Right. So if you're investing the time and building out an entire like sales community, like your whole force, they start to help each other and then you start to grow, right? And right. so like even with my group, I have elite mafia, anybody can come sell with me and then they help each other out. They go and network with one another, right? And like, this is like the group that's on the call today. Like I'm helping them, but we're also in a big group chat, right? Like on discord. And so they can go network with one another right. and then they can go create their own opportunities. Right. And so like, we just make each other better because I'm able to coach everybody as a whole to then work together. Right. And it's cool. Because, and I a hundred percent agree with you about, about sports because it shows you teamwork. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything can ever happen by yourself. No. Even so I did a, no, I don't look like it, but I used to do bodybuilding competitions, physique, no, never was huge. Um, but everybody's, oh, it's, you're by yourself. No, I have a nutritionist. I have a coach to do all my workouts. I have people doing my meal plan. Like I have to, that's a team effort, like mm -hmm. quote unquote team. I don't know how you can get through life by yourself. I mean, that is kind of just miserable, right? I mean, I, back when I, when I was uh, younger, I was, you know, making good money and I, I was doing it kind of by myself. I was kind of bored. I'm like, well, no one wants to do this by myself. I'm like, I go on a yeah. cruise and I'm what? cheers in myself, with yeah. the, you know, like <laughs> this sucks. So, yep. you know, I'm, I'm, but I grew up in sports. So I'm really used to that team. Everybody's being a team and you rely on people to do things better than you. Because if I'm a lineman, obviously I'm not throwing the ball or running the ball at that matter, right. but I'm doing my job and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. And they also realize that everybody's not a quarterback, mm -hmm. right? Yep. You have, 
I don't even know how many NFL teams are 30 or or 32. Mm -hmm. So there's 32 and pretty much 32. We'll say, we'll say 25 good quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) But there's only a select few out of, you know, there's maybe two or three quarterbacks per team or maybe, you know, three quarterbacks per team of 53 men, but they're not all on the 53 man roster, right? right? You, everybody needs to know that they might not be a quarterback, but it, but I, you know, I believe this probably guy from, from LSU is probably like, Hey, I might not be the quarterback, but I can go find the quarterback yep. because the owner and the concept guy does not need to be the quarterback. Just go find one. Yep. You know, I like I'm kind of the quarterback. That's my personality, but I know a lot of people that own businesses that are like, I'm not really the quarterback. I'm behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And usually that's more of like your operations guy, president, whatever you want to call it. That's more behind the CEO is kind of the more forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just go you know, quarterback it and make it work. You just kind of sit, you're more of the, you know, the president of the company sits in the, right. in the office, but there's no, there's, there's nothing bad about that. Right. But it takes a person to realize that because yeah. people can get in their business and they're like, Hey, I'm struggling. We'll go find the people that can make it happen. I think that's the biggest part, right? That you just touched on is like, it, it doesn't matter. Like don't have the pride to just do it by yourself have the pride of winning. Right. And so if that means having to hire people out and bringing in partners, do it because you'll win. Like it's what's such, the point of losing if you so do it by key. yourself? Right. It's so key because when I say you win as a team, you lose as a team, Yep. but you really need to have to, to go get the people to get in there to make it happen. I mean, like I, I, growing up, you had those people that had to take every last shot and have to make it all about them. Mm-hmm. Well, in my experience, every single one of those people that were all about them and had to get every shot and do everything about them right now are not that successful. Right. <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least in my experience growing up, I, there's some people out there that I knew that had to do everything and do it because everything had to be about them. Well, life hits you so hard when you grow up that you really have to put put things on other people. And especially when you're coaching, like, like me, when I'm when I have an idea and you talk about credibility. I, I when I have an idea and I want say our salespeople to do it, I call our, our COO, our operations guy, uh, chief operations, and then he, I tell him what I want him to do, and then he calls the managers, and the managers make it seem like it's their idea. Oh, nice, yeah. Because I want to put the credibility on the managers yeah. that, that they are the ones. Hey, we're making this change, or hey, we're doing this fun event. Like, like hey, I, like I do. All, hey, I want to take the entire service department at you know to Top Golf because they've crushed their goals. But I'm not saying, hey, Jason wants to take you. I'm saying, hey, I need you to say it like, like it's your idea because I want everybody to fall in love with you. you. Yeah, and exactly. then just say, hey, Jason's going to be there. Because yeah. I don't freaking care. I just yeah. want to win, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. care how we get there. Um, I tell our team all the time, look, you can work from anywhere in the world as long as we're winning. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, if you can do your thing and make it happen and we're winning, then we could, you can, I don't care if you're in Thailand. Yep. You know, you're doing your job. We can, you know, versus like sales PE, obviously. Like right. there's certain positions that, you know, I'm talking about, but- um, the moment we start losing, the moment you got to get your butt back you in the office. You got to get back in the office, man. Yeah. It's about being like max efficiency. And like, I, I had to have a conversation of that recently too. We're like, like, Hey, I could take the calls like in the car. I could take it at home. Like that's fine. But how efficient is it right. going to be? Because I don't want you on calls to like check the box on calls. Right. I want you on calls to close some business, close right. some deals. And so if you are just as efficient in front of a computer screen and your dual monitors that we set up for you, right. as you are like on your phone in the car, then dope, do right. it all day. But if it starts to slow down, you get a little bit lax or comfortable. Cause like, right. that's the thing is like, it doesn't matter your ability to sell. It's your flow, like your state. Right. And so right. like you have, like people don't think like realize this, like you have to get into state for those calls. Cause I had to learn the hard way. Like there's times where I was like, I'll be at home 
And like, I'll be like watching football or something. And like, I'll be like laying down, like, oh, I got to call in five minutes. And like kind of stretch a little bit. I'm like, okay. And just hop on the call. And I'm like listening. And I'm like, this is like a bad call. I need to sit up. Like I need to like go clean up, get my clothes on. Like, right. And so it's just all about like your state prior to the call. It's not just being really good at sales. Like you have to be in the moment. Right. No, hundred percent agree. And you know, like oftentimes with this podcast, like today I was a little frazzled cause I'm all over the place, but usually I'm like, like pumping up I'm doing yeah. something. I'm listening to my man, Rob Bailey and his little, uh, his heavy metal. <laughs> it's my guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you do have to get ready for him. I, I, we just, so this last weekend we just had an RV show in two different States. And so that's been all over the place. I was in Oregon one day and then Utah the next, and just, just all over the place in Hershey, Pennsylvania the day before that. And, you know, we talk, kind of talk about in our sales meetings, like it, it's a pump up, like it's, it's our, it's our Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like these RV shows are our Super Bowl. And well, we have them twice a year, but they, I mean, it's, it's game day because you have all these customers. We got 70 units in the show and we're, you really have to get yourself ready. The people that are hyping themselves up and doing cool things and high fiving and bouncing ideas off each other and being creative and, and, you know, ripping the energy drinks back and just having a good time. <laughs> those people were successful. It's, you know, I, I've, I'm very, you know, aware of, or, or try to be observant of people. And so in our sales meetings, I noticed the guys that are just like, oh, sitting there like, oh, whatever. They're not listening. They're on their phone texting. Well, I got the numbers. The guy didn't sell anything. And, you know, we had a guy sell 10 units, 15 units, like, like the big difference. Right. Just and you know, I really, I really agree with you that you have to get in that state. Like, everything is a state of mind that you have to be in, in dealing with people. And even in hard conversations, like, it's the worst thing you can do to, is kind of just blindside yourself. Kind, of. I mean, sometimes that might make you perform if you're that personality. Most people aren't. Most people have to get ready and prepare. And even with having those hard conversations with, with friends, like we were talking about earlier, and having, hey, like we kind of gotta not split ways, but I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna move on and do my thing. You might want to prepare a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. I believe in there's over preparing because then you psych yourself out, but kind of have a game plan going in there and execute the game plan. That's the most important part. So, yep. you know, I, I agree with you. Well, our minds want what's comfortable. So if you have to go have a hard conversation, the more you think about it, the more your brain is going to say, don't do it. Right. Because it's uncomfortable. Right. Right. Like it's just, you learn this with bodybuilding, like our bodies are made to survive, not look good. Right. So if you start going into deficit, it's going to like store some fat because it thinks you're starving. Right. right. And the same thing with like the whole fight or flight, you're going to have a hard conversation. It's like, no, if you have this conversation, they're going to hate you and you're probably going to die. Like it's about surviving and death. Like right. that's it. Right. And so having the hard conversation is like, like you said, make the game plan and then just go do it. And then in business, it's fire ready aim. You're you'll never have the perfect game plan. Right. And you are always going to change your business model. Like the core of the business will probably be the same. Like the idea. Right. But the way you do it will probably always change. Cause if you don't people like in 10 years are never going to hear about you because you're going to be a blockbuster. And you're going to fall off for right? sure. 100% so you agree. always have to adjust, which makes me think, right? Like I'm, I'm sure no, not a lot of people get to ask you cause it's kind of like your, you know, your podcast, bro, hundred million in sales. Like that ain't easy. No. What, what would you say has been like the biggest like contributor to, for you to scale to that number. That's a big number. Um, and, and honestly, it kind of sounds cliche, but our, our culture, mm-hmm. you know, we, it's, it's a mindset. We always say margins a mindset. If you think you're gonna make money, you are. If you're not, well, you're not going to. And you know, when you're in your stress zone, we call it a stress zone. When you're in a stress zone, you're losing money. Mm-hmm. And so if you're always stressed out and everything's bad and things are going on, you're gonna lose money. So, you know, with ours, we just set the expectation in our culture and we just created a, we, I mean, in my mind, the moment that we bought our first location in 2018, we had a million dollar company. I mean, I walked around like that. 
Now I was always, you know, I remember sitting in a class one time back in 2000 and it was October, 2018. Don't know why I remember that, but it was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, middle of nowhere. And we went to this class and I remember a guy standing up there saying he did a hundred million dollars. And I just remember just looking at him like, what the heck? I <laughs> always wanted to do that. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, man, if he can do it, I can do it. This dude looks like a bum. But I'm like, man, that's incredible. I cannot imagine doing a hundred million dollars. And we went home from that. Me and my CEO, his name's Matt. He's my, my right-hand guy. He's just he's such a good dude. Um, we went home like, dude, we're going to create this company. We're going to do this. And we have just kind of created that expectation because we've done it through acquisitions. So we owned one, we owned one location in 2018, one in 19. So we just had one location for two years. And then in 2020, the greatest time to ever own an RV dealership, we bought two locations. Now those two locations did $22 million combined in 2019. In 2020 or 2020, we did 50. And so, and then in 21, we did 65. So we didn't really change the people. We didn't really do much besides we just created a culture and a winning culture and our expectation went through the roof. Like in finance, you know, their numbers were 3% of sales. I had a hundred thousand dollar bet with the old owner that we could get to seven. He didn't believe me, <laughs> dude. We're averaging twelve, dang, and probably one of the best finance departments in the country right now. And it's just a mindset. Like if you believe you can do it, you can. If you think you if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And we would go into because these dealerships are owned usually by people who either started them a million years ago or whatever. They, we we bought them. I think so far we bought them pretty much all from the OG owners. Yeah, we bought every dealership from the OG owner, which is unique. And now that I'm thinking about that, we have. And so they've lived in a box pretty much. And I'm a little bit younger at the RV industry. I'm, you know, I've only been in it since 2018 and I haven't grown up in it, but I only know what I know and I know business. And so I'm that person that's gone into the RV industry saying, well, why are you doing it this way? Well, we've been doing it over the last 20 years. Why? Yeah. You know, especially in finance, especially in sales. You know, we go often these sales dealer, you know, these dealerships, and what's your sales process? We don't really have a sales process. Well, that doesn't help the dealership make what it's supposed to make, and then it doesn't help the customer get the customer service they're supposed to make because if there's no paperwork, there's no computer systems, there's nothing going on. How are you supposed to track all of this stuff? And no wonder we have such bad reviews, or that you know, you guys have such bad reviews. And so, what we've been able to do is just literally change the mindset of the culture of the dealerships. At a, you know, we're so far eight out of eight, and it's it's been phenomenal to see these people just flourish by giving them the tools. Like my number one job as a CEO of the company is to set them up for success. Every single day I have to set my people up for success. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing my job. Right. And I believe like every manager and every everybody's job is to set everybody up for success as best as we can. Now I can't magically wave wave wands and make things appear but I have to give them the right tools. And us as a group, yeah, being a big group and having that big, you know, I guess the money to be able to buy things for people is, is big, but it's just a mindset. Like we, when we go in, we have book trainings and management trainings and the book reports they have to do. And I mean, we're very methodical about how we do things because I want to know what type of people we have and getting those A players, you know, making the, making the roster, right? And I've never gone in and fired everybody, ever, not one time. And I know that's a lot of RV dealership strategies out there. And even acquis any, any industry acquisition, it's usually we let the everybody go. But I believe so much in my heart that I can help change people. 
we don't that's we don't let incredible. anybody go. That's super powerful. And it's funny. I had a quick thought when you're saying um, like if you believe you can or can't, right? And there's so many people who are listening, right? They're like, well, I know I can do it and I'm still struggling. And the only thing I can think is like, do your behaviors dictate, like do the actions dictate that as well? Like if you believe you can, but you aren't doing the things, then no, it's not going to happen. Like I literally had, I was with, uh, again, my assistant, we were golfing the other day and he had a call with a potential client as someone who wanted to hire me as uh, as a mentor. And we were talking and he believed in his process. Like I created this new software. Like I, I know this can like really blow up and be a massive thing. I'm like, dope. Like, let's get to work. He's like, well, I just don't really have the funds to do this. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I, I can understand that. But what are you doing? I was like, you need, and then I just gave him just some free advice. I was like, you got like this, this, and this trade show coming up. You need to be at these. Like, I know you're in New York, but like this one's in Texas, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, you got to be there. He's like, well, I, I just don't know if like, is it really, do you think it'll be worth it? And I was like, it's a tech summit and you just created a software. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Like, those are the people you need to be in front of. Right. And there's like a CRM tool too. And so I was like, bro, like go collect their data with your own software and then retarget them. And they'll be like, oh, sweet. Like this stuff actually works. Right. How can I use it? Right. And I'm like, don't tell me that you think your business is going to be successful and then not going to the trade shows, not going to the networking events. Like. If it's your only soul, like the only income that you have, why are you not putting in 18 hours a day on it? Right. Like if you're not where you want to be, why are you taking time off? Right. It blows my mind. It's insane. So I read, when did I read these? A long time ago. Um, I listened to, I I listened to a lot of Grant Cardone. He's a good dude. And I mean, say what you want about him. I love Grant. He he gets stuff done. But he, I read a book and he was talking about having a vivid obsession and then taking the massive action to get to, to accomplish that obsession, right? There's so many people out there that, that just have a dream yeah. that they want to make it happen. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing to accomplish a dream? Like make it a reality, right? Stop trying to just have the, because I don't, I love the secret and I'm a hundred percent believer in the mindset. A hundred percent. Your mind is so powerful. I believe it can heal you and kill you. I and mean, there's stories of people that they, they froze their wrists with ice thinking they were cutting them and they died because they thought they were bleeding out. I mean, there's crazy stories you can read about. Your mind is so powerful. But at the, at the end of the day, you can't just sit on the couch and watch The Secret every single day <laughs> and do nothing, Yeah. right? You have to do something. You have to take that action to get there. So like when you talk about how we've been able to scale, like we've taken the action. We've went and bought, done the acquisitions. We've created systems and we've done stuff like we've done that and like I'm it's so easy for me to do that and it's so easy for me to think about that but it's so it, some people are like well I don't know like I've had this business idea for this I'm like well what have you done to do it uh well I'm like okay then just throw it away dude like yeah, why are you worrying about it every time. single day yeah like yeah. give yourself a few weeks and if it, if I, if you can make it happen you awesome if you can't then move on to something else because if you're if you're a creator a true creator i mean and like i don't know about you but i've had some some businesses that i've been like oh i should do this create an llc boom do this do that it didn't really work okay moving on from <laughs> scratch it, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, Dude, I am a certified home inspector no one knows that but i, I am a certified <laughs> home inspector did i inspect one house no, because I got, I got too busy, but I still have the LLC. Yep. One day I'm like, man, I'm going to still have a mountainside home inspection. Shout out. Uh, I just feel like I'm still going to have this home inspection company. But my brother and I one day woke up. We're like, man, we should do home inspection. You make 300 bucks. Pop. Boom. Let's do it. 
And, but it didn't really end up working out. We move on. We didn't yeah, just sit there and be like, Hey, I have this home, home inspecting business that I've never done anything with. And I feel like I should be a millionaire right now. Yeah. Like, what? Bro, you have crazy. to take that massive action and, and make a game plan to do it. And, and if you can find a mentor, Yep. Like, like you, like your business strategy, like a coach. Hey, I need to help. I need you to help do this because my personality and the way I think is I, I'm not just going to waste my time and spin my wheels because I'm trying to have some pride. Or pride is I'm, the killer. Man. Dude, I'm the first person to be like, if I, if I, if I'm not going to Target or Walmart, whatever, I sometimes do shop at Walmart. Um, if I'm going there to Target, say I, I'm going to know the general idea of something where something's at. Dude, I'm the first. I go straight into the plate. Where's this at? Yeah, it's yeah, over there. Yeah. Okay, aisle three, whatever. Okay, Get boom. I'm straight out. there, in and out. Dude, I'm yeah. not gonna sit here and be like, I know it's around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't have time to do that, and yeah. I have no pride. And I, it's weird to me. I love talking to people, so I'm like, Hey, man, how's your day going? What's yeah, going yeah. on? You want to come with me to the? Come walk <laughs> with me. Walk with me. And it just drives me nuts when people are like, Oh, I'm, I'm not gonna ask well, why. I don't need any help. Why? Dude, I'm sure there's someone out there that has done a software. Well, let's you know. Let's call them. I'm sure they went to every trade show, yeah. right? Like RV, let's call people. In the, like there's, there's just so much there's, and people are really pretty willing to help. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't like, it's just, I don't know. I could talk the, about the that all true day. successful people. Yeah. Are willing to help. Yeah. The ones who like think they are, or they're on their way. Right. I've noticed that they want to keep things close to the chest. They want to charge, but like the people who have like been there, they're like, yeah, here's sure. what you got to do. Right. Because it doesn't matter. Like a, you'll never compete with me and B, I give you this information. 99% of the people are going to do nothing with it. Right. So like, why are we just going to waste my time? Like just go do this, this, and this, and like, right. you'll be good. So and one thing I want to, one thing I want to ask you, which we, I, man, we've been having, we've dang almost an hour. Um, <laughs> we've been jamming on this, but um, one thing I want to ask you is, so what are the, like your top three things being an entrepreneur that you've learned that, you know, you've, you've gone through all these things. What are the top three things? Like your go-to three things when you're starting a business or you're coaching anybody? People process product. Got to get the right people around you. Master your process. Like for me, I have like my lead generator. I use Nuri, N-O-U-R-I as my um, my CRM tool. And and then that's my process. Then I have a sales team, right? So we run ads, it goes into the system and then it gets closed. Like it's all turnkey. I could, I right. could literally write down my entire business on a sticky note, give it to somebody and I could walk away and sell that. I could sell a sticky note for 10 mil, like really? no problem. And, and then your product, is it solving a solution? Oh, and then, and then, um, is it either solving a solution or is it bring value to somebody's life? Right? right. And if you are selling something, never say this is better. Say this is different. Right. Those are like the biggest keys of everything is so your people, your paces, people process product and never offer something better, offer something different. I love that, man. That's really good advice. I, I think when you're talking a lot about competition, there's no reason to say, oh, it's better. Cause, cause then you start having those people like, oh, well, prove it. Yeah. It's oh, all well. pride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, and here's the thing, right? Is like, Hey, here's this and you hated it. This is better. Right. Well, anything can be better. Cause I hated that. I don't really want to try it. Hey, here's this. I have something totally different. If you like a, B and C, you're going to love this. Right. Hmm, I'm down to try it. It's different. Right. Cause even in like, you can say construction company, well, digging a hole is digging a hole. But <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to say that everybody who owns a construction company, but the, the track code digs the same way your track code does. This guy's track yeah, code yeah. does, but you can do it different on the way of maybe customer service, communication, branding, how you do thing. I mean, there's very thing like, cause you know, cut c- construction is a little bit of a cutthroat industry and it's, it's not the most advanced industry. It's, you know, it's a bunch of, I'm not going to say it's redneck because RV industry is way more redneck than that. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, 
But like, you know, so say the RV industry, like anybody can sell an RV. It's not that hard. We all carry the same brands, just sell, could sell the RV. But it's how you do things on the back end that makes it different. Now, I'm not going to say I'm better than everybody else because I don't know how to prove that and quantify that. But I'll say I'm different and I do have probably the highest rated or some of the, I do have the highest rated dealerships in the state of Utah. And, um, you know, the customer service is just very different. So I 100% agree with you because, well, hey, we're better than the other guys. Well, what makes you better? Well, I don't know. We all sell them. We all service them. We all, but you know, I, we can say that our, our communication might be better, but it's different. We, yeah. we communicate via text instead of a phone call and different things like that. So I, I, I like that advice to just what's better, what's better or well, what's different, what's different. Um, and you know, now what's better. That's really good advice. Actually. I, I'm going to definitely uh, <laughs> gonna use that. The last thing I want to ask you, man, if we're, when we wrap this up is, uh, this has been great by the way. I, I've, yeah. I really enjoyed this. It's I mean, you're, awesome. dude, you're freaking a genius and I've, I've, literally thoroughly enjoy this. I want to ask you, what does success mean to you? How do you define success? Peace, man. Yeah. Peace. So for me, I thought it was numbers like, and I, I I'm sure you could resonate. Your first Millie didn't feel that great. Right. It was exciting, but it wasn't like, Okay, like I'm here, right? It, was well, it like, wasn't everything I ever dreamed of, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you think thought all oh, my things. wildest dreams are going to come yeah. true, and it's like, eh, well, I know, and it's like, where, this, where are my dreams at, <laughs> bro? I'm telling you, like, basically, where things start to change is like probably like right around like 200 grand, and like literally from 200 to a million, like it all feels the same, right? Like you're making a little bit more than what you need, and you're just investing, and you, yeah, you have more opportunities and stuff. So for me, it was fulfillment. And so now when I find true success, it's, I set out a goal and I accomplished it and it, I did it with urgency. So the 12 week year was the book that changed my life and just get super urgent instead of 12 month goals, you need 12 week goals and just go get it done. Love it. Um, and actually Keaton Hoskins, the muscle, he sat me down we, we had a, we talked about my two year goal and he's like, go get it done in a year. And I did it in eight months. That's awesome. And so it was like being able to do stuff like that, bro, is like finding peace, like being able to wake up and not feel like an elephant sitting on your chest, being able to go to bed and fall asleep, like right. having good relationships, taking time out of my day to come meet with you and do this. Like right. that's peace. And I found that successful. No, I love that. I, that, that's, that's huge. And I, I'm, I'm agree with you. Like money is not everything. I, it's funny. I was actually thinking of a Keaton story. Just popped in my head. Um, good, good buddy of mine. We're down in Puerto Vallarta um, on vacation for uh, his wife's birthday. And we, we got to talking and I was like, Keaton, like, what do you, what do you want? What's your goals? And he's like, man, I just want, I just want to be happy. I used to, I used to want all of these things. I used to want this and used to want that. And I just, I just, my life, I just want a happy life and not to be stressed. And I was like, okay. He's like, Tony Robbins put it this way. I guess he was, he'll probably correct me if I'm wrong, but he was talking to Tony Robbins and Tony was like, Keaton, like you need to chase quality of life and you need to chase happiness if you think you're chasing money, that's not where it's going to come from. Look, if, if I go buy a $10 million house, you can buy a $10 million house. The difference is I'm, you know, Tony, uh, Tony, Tony's paying cash for it. You know, you're, you're financing it. I'm buying a jet. I'm paying cash. You're chartering. I'm buying a Lambo. Maybe you might, might buy cash. I don't know. Do we have the same pretty much lifestyle? Yeah. Stop trying to kill yourself to get somewhere. Make sure you have the quality of life. I guess, you know, and it kind of put it in perspective of me, like, man, like I'm, I'm chasing something so hard and I'm, for, I'm blown past all these people and I'm forgetting what really makes me happy. And I, you know, I, I believe, you know, my version of success is, uh, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and just being truly happy, whatever a dollar amount that is. Now 
I do like money and you know, I'm with money. most people have, you know, it's right out there with oxygen. You, you need, you need it to survive. But I, I think I'm over trying to kill myself for it and trying to stretch myself so thin that I ruin everything that I have and I'm trying to work smarter and harder. So you know, I, I love what you said is, is, uh, you know, it, it's it, it, peace, man. I've never, no one's ever said that on the show is, is peace, like true peace. And what is true peace? Like, there's so many different versions of peace too. We can go on and on about that, but that that's powerful, man. Is is there you have like Eric McNeil? Success is peace. I love it, dude. Yes, sir. But hey, man, I appreciate you being on the yeah, show. Thank you. Uh, it means a lot. I know you're a super busy guy. Um, it means a lot to me. I, you know, we've only known each other, you know, just for a little bit, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. we've got you know, a good, uh, good yeah. connection, and uh, really looking forward to having you know today. So I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate no it. Thank you.